I want to start off this morning with a slide. Chris and Mary Ann Herman's little boy. Do we have that slide? There it is. A Bible presented to Peyton by God. The mouth of babes, huh? Now let me tell you, folks. Is there anybody here that does not have a Bible? We all have a Bible. That Bible was written to you. By God. Okay? All right. Get that little change of mentality in your mind. Thank you, Chris and Mary Ann, for sharing that. Not that we want to brag on our kids or anything, but that's pretty cool, I have to say. If you do have your Bible this morning, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts, Acts 16, Acts 16, 16 is where we're going to, Acts 16, 16, we'll start there, story of Paul and Silas, I truly believe this is one of my favorite stories in the scriptures, and I truly believe that, uh, oh my, yeah, I could preach a whole series on Acts 16 and Paul and Silas, but today we're going to look at Something a little bit different, expect the unexpected. You can see it there, expect the unexpected. And that is really what Judgment House is all about. And it says on the top of the flyer, expect the unexpected. And that's so important, you know, uh, especially for believers, Because there should be things that surprise us in our life, but there should be other things that does not surprise us a bit. One of the things that should not surprise us a bit is attacks from the enemy. (laughs) We should never be surprised with the enemy attacks. What else would he be doing? He's surely not off somewhere causing peace, right? No, he is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us. He accuses us against us. He tells, he tells, uh, he tells how bad we are and how we don't want things to go the right way and just all kinds of crazy lies. So it's important for us to expect the unexpected. Paul and Silas, Acts 16, if you've got your Bibles, read along. And it says, one day as they were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit and enabled them to, enabled her to tell the future. She earned lots of money for her master by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High. And they come to tell you how to be saved. Now, a couple things I want you to notice there. This demon-possessed girl, she knew who they were. She knew that they were servants of the Most High. And let me tell you, the devil knows if you are a servant of the Most High or not. And these men were targeted 
because they were servants of the Most High, right? If they wasn't servants of their Most High, there would have been no issues whatsoever. So it says these men are servants of the Most High, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now notice that also, that, that, uh, that the enemy, he knows our mission, he knows what we're about. And no, I'm not telling you that the devil can read your mind. What I am telling you is the devil knows English. So when we have a meeting and, and we're planning this, guess what? Get, let me tell you when the devil knew we was going to have judgment house. The first time it was spoken in our staff meeting. That's when the devil knew. He knew before 90% of you folks. And then he started planning. Oh, they're going to do this. I'll do that. Ah, they're going to do this and I'll do that. He started planning and contemplating what he can do to throw a wrench and to stir it all up. Yeah? So he knows our mission because, not because of some great spiritual understanding, but because he knows, he knows English. He can hear us talking. And, and see, that's why praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues is so powerful. You might not know what you're praying, and it might be mysteries to you and everyone around you, but it's no mystery to God. It's a mystery to the devil. He don't know what you're saying. But make no mistake about it, God knows what you're saying. Amen. Amen. And it goes on, verse 19, her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged him before the authorities. And the whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. How dare these Jews set this young, young girl free? How dare they? Now, isn't that, you know, you can almost think of uh, situations today in, the, in America today, how ludicrous this is. The whole city is in an uproar because one man lost his income because one young girl was set free. But all the, all the city, they go for the demonic side. They go with the, with the evil side. They go with the money instead of a young girl being set free. How crazy is that? That so images and so mirrors the world that we live in. Verse 21, and they were teaching the customs that are illegal. They were accused of this. Teaching uh, customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Verse 22, and a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with rods. Now, once again, what did they do? They set a girl free and was teaching about Christ. You know what? If things don't turn around in this country, that is exactly where we're headed. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess may, maybe here sometime I need to tell you about all the laws they're trying to push to where a minister can't share Christ in a time of crisis. I'm talking a minister of a church. 
that's ordained and took an oath before God to share and lift up Christ. Now the government is wanting to tell us you can't do that. That's why I preached a few weeks ago about the public outcry. How important it is for us as believers to stand up. Stand up for what we believe and not be doormats. So the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon. These vile men setting a young girl free and preaching the love of Christ. Put them in there with the murderers and the rapists and, and the serious convicts. But notice, I think Paul and Silas, all along, they were expecting the unexpected. I think all along, they, that they knew that the mission that they had set out to do, that there was going to be some unexpected things come their way. After all, they had seen their Lord and Savior who had preached love and healed thousands, but yet they had seen a mob turn on him and drag him through the streets and nail him to the cross and beat him and torment him until he was dead. Paul and Silas was expecting the unexpected. It goes on to say in verse 25, and it says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. See this, I, don't, I really don't think that this caught Paul and Silas off guard. I think they knew that the, the path that they had chosen was a dangerous path. Now, I bet somebody didn't tell you that before you received Christ, did they? That the path that you have chosen, it could be a dangerous path. Your friends could turn on you. Your family can turn on you. Your government can turn on you. Mm. Boy, I wish that didn't sound so possible in today's society, but it does. The truth of the matter is, we have to be, expect the unexpected. Because we are in a battle. We are in a war. You know, each and every one of us, just like Paul and Silas, just like with our lives, we have unexpected events that come up. Just like we're going to illustrate with Judgment House, unexpected events in life that are completely out of our control. But that does not mean that they have to completely shipwreck our faith when they happen. Most of the time when that happens, that means that our faith is not in God. That means our faith was placed somewhere else besides God. Whether it be your faith in the church or in the pastor or in a certain leader, that's usually what that means. Because when we have faith in God, we will have turmoil on the outside, but we will stand beside God and wait for his voice to lead us a different direction because our faith is in God. Now, I know we might have to get a steak knife out this morning and a fork and cut this up and chew on it a little bit, 
This isn't the milk of the word. This is the meat of the word. But you know what? Meat will make you grow. The things that you have to chew up and think about spiritually, the things in the word of God that you have to chew up and think about and pray about, those are the things that will get you to the next level in the Lord. Those are the places that you want to go. That's where the blessings are. Amen. You see, in the judgment house, we have an opportunity to bring real life situations to hundreds of unbelievers. And a large majority of that depends on, on you and me, on sharing and bringing the unbelievers with you, bringing them and encouraging them to come, give them a ride, invite them, whatever the case may be. An opportunity, this is really what it amounts to, an opportunity for them to think about eternity before they get there. An opportunity to think about eternity before they stand before their maker. Now see, most of you here today, if you've received Christ as your own Savior, you've probably thought about your eternity. You've probably thought about it. But you know what? I have lots of friends that have never gave eternity one thought. And I hope to change that. And that's what this judgment house is all about. About giving them a picture and experience of what a whole lifetime condensed into 30 or 45 minutes. I ask you to help us do that. So possibly not only change their lives for here the here and now, but also their eternity. Now, this is something I, I feel like, I don't know if I heard this somewhere or the Lord just dropped it in my heart. But, the, but I love this. You may not know what tomorrow brings. Is there anybody here that knows what tomorrow brings? No. How many of you know what eternity brings for you? I do. I do. So same with your friends. They don't have a clue about tomorrow. But they can know about their eternity. How crazy is that? I know whom I have believed. Eternity. Expect the unexpected. I'll tell you about a classic illustration of expecting the unexpected. And when we have friends that have never received Christ as Lord and Savior, and their number is called, and they stand before God, they probably thought it might be coming, but it was completely unexpected to stand before the judgment seat of God, and that's what we have to let them know, that there is a time that every knee shall bow. There will be a time that everyone will stand before God and they will answer for their wrongs or they will plead the blood of Jesus, one or the other. Amen. Paul and Silas was expecting the unexpected. Now here at the church, we have chosen to do this huge outreach project to possibly reach, like I said, to possibly reach hundreds 
of non-believers. Now, it would be easy to say no. It would be easy to say no. Just Let's just go on the way it is. Let's not take this undertaking. How many of you know how difficult it is to get 150 volunteers going in one direction? I rest my case. That's one reason I'm so proud of the, of the staff here at Orgerville. Because it would be very easy for them to just sit back and say, oh, no, we don't want to do anything like that. And just go right on with our weekly duties. But no, as Pastor Mark would say, we're not about to sit back on our laurels and just case sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. We're not going to do that. We are going to step out, we're going to keep moving, we're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to do whatever it takes to get this fallen world born again and receive Christ. That's what we want to do. So if you have ever have a doubt of the direction Orchardville Church is going to go, I just told you. All right? That's what it's all about. If we're not about that, we might as well do something else. We might as well help the Boy Scouts or something. Or the Girl Scouts, I don't want to be partial. Or what other Scouts there are. We've got to keep moving on. But guess what? The enemy knows what we're doing. He will rear his ugly head and he already has. But that's okay. It shouldn't surprise none of us. Hey, what happens when you get sent to the front of the lines in battle? What happens? I'll tell you, you get shot at. <laughs> when, you get, when you get sent to the front of the line, you get shot at. It's true. It's true. Now, what would have happened if we'd just say, oh, it's just status quo. We're doing good. Let's not do nothing. No, we don't need to do that. That's too much work. 150 volunteers, how are we going to get them all going the same direction? Yada, 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 yada. We chose not to do that. We chose to move to the front of the line of the battle where the fighting is taking place, where there's arrows flying around, where there's accusations flying around, where there's bullets flying around, where the real battle is. That's where we've chosen to go. You know, the, the phrase, good enough. <laughs> When it comes to my carpentry work, I love that phrase. But you know, several years ago, I had an elderly man helping me, and what a sweet guy he was. Well, he lived out there by you guys, by Fraser, by the Frasers. What, what a great guy. He, he looked at me one day, and he said, you know, you know how old, older men do. You know how I do, yeah. But uh, no, he looked at me one day, and he says, Usually when you say it's good enough, it's usually not good enough, is what he, you know what? I had to agree with him. But see, that's the way it comes when, when it comes to us serving the Lord. You see, the only thing that is good enough when it comes to serving the Lord is our all. And that's the only thing that's good enough. So if you're just giving him good enough, and an hour on Sunday morning, let me just tell you, it's not good enough. He gave his all for you, and he wants your all. And if you will not give him your all, you are going to be a miserable Christian. Sorry to break that to you this morning, but I believe it's true. 
We are all either all in or we're all out, one or the other. Let me just add this to it. That's what he expects from us. He expects that. How many of you want to... Uh, God wants his children to live up to their ability, right? That's what he wants from us. He wants us to take our God-given talents and abilities and use them for him. For him. What do you want for your children? You want them to take their God-given talent and use it to the best of their ability, right? Same thing. Same thing. So I'm sure that there was, you know, people telling Paul, the Apostle Paul, oh, just let the girl alone. Just leave her alone. Don't set her free. Just leave her alone. You're going to cause too much trouble. You're going to get us all in trouble if you go casting out demons and stuff. You know, that's, that's also why, that's also why when we done the training for Judgment House, the people that done that training, they warned the staff, get ready for the spiritual attacks. You know why, don't you? I've already told you. You just know why. Because the judgment house, the people that own that and that we got it from, they knew that Orchardville Church was getting ready to go to the front of the battle lines. They knew that we was going we to put down our lunchbox and we was going to pick up our rifle and pick up our sword and go to the front of the line. They knew we was going to get shot at. They knew that we was going to get attacks. But you know what? I don't think it's optional. I think we have to step out for the kingdom of God. I think we have to step out for our loved ones. I think we have to step out for our family. I think we've got to step out for our friends. What a great example of faith this church is. The staff stepping out and 150 volunteers of men and women spending their time and energy to share the good news of Christ with people they more than likely will, don't even know. I commend you. What a, what a great illustration of faith this church is. To spend Sunday morning, Wednesday night, for the next month, studying your parts and working together, all to share the Christ with something like 1,200 people, I think we figured out we can, will come through. Mm. Men and women stepping out of their comfort zone, doing things that they've never done before for one reason, with the hope of one sinner missing hell. What a powerful cause that is. Now, if you have been a believer very long, you have heard this, this quote. The safest place to be is in God's will. Anybody ever heard that? Well, let me show, throw a little bit of a wrench in your theology. Of course, spiritually it is the safest place to be. But what about the world that we live in? 
Paul and Silas, they was preaching the gospel and casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they ended up in prison. They were surely in the middle of God's will, wasn't they? But yet they were attacked. Yet they were persecuted. So here's my message this morning. Get ready. Get ready, church. Because if it hasn't hit you yet, it's coming. Get ready. So the question boils down to, what would each one of us do to see someone miss hell and receive Christ and enter into heaven as, as a return? What would, you, what would we do? Would we take persecution? Would we get out of our comfort zone and invite someone that we normally wouldn't talk to or associate with? Would we take persecution? Would we, would we let somebody talk ill about us behind our back and not get all our feathers all uproared? Would we, would we allow that just so that a person that we might not even know would miss hell and make heaven? Would we, would we endure that? That's a good question. Isn't it? What would we do? What would we do? How far would we go? How far would we go for someone to miss hell and receive Christ as their Lord and Savior? Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Father, for, oh, for your word and your anointing that rests upon your word in this place. Father, I just pray, Father, that hearts will be open toward you and minds will be open toward you and will look toward you for guidance and leadership in the directions that we take. Father, I just pray special blessings upon everyone here today and specifically the ones that have volunteered for the judgment house, for the ushers, for the builders, for the greeters, every single one. I pray, O oh Lord, for a special blessing to be upon them, a special blessing to be upon their children and their grandchildren and their moms and their dads. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have a need this morning, I encourage you to go ahead and come. We consider these steps here. We use this for as our altar, you might say. As you know, with the judgment house coming up, we must all work together. We must all stay together. And we must focus on the task at hand that God has given us. Not allowing the tricks and the tactics of the enemy to throw us off track. But you know, this doesn't just apply to this, to this event, this month. This applies to our entire life. Your every day, the enemy tries to direct you in a different direction. But we must stay on track because very simply the cost is too high. 
We must stay focused so that hundreds can miss hell and gain heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you have a need this morning, I encourage you to come. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to come. I can tell you this. Whether you expect it or whether you don't expect it, there will be a day that you will stand before God. And this is somehow the some, somewhat like the scenario will go. You will come before God, a holy God, and He'll know every breath that you've ever taken in your life. He'll know every good and He'll know every wrong. Now here's the thing. You will either have to pay for all of your wrongs or if you say, no God, I received your son Jesus when I was in, on the earth. I received him and asked him to come into my heart and I asked him to forgive me of my sins. And when I did that, he washed me clean and he changed me to me. He made me one of your children. That's what our eternity hinges on. If you've never did that this morning, I ask that you come. I ask that you come. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.